transmission incoming. Welcome to the Total Picture Show. Let's do it. Episode 0069, Plug That Butt, the Jack Black Special Edition. Welcome to the Potable Picture Show. This is your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae, and I'm here to tell you this podcast, and probably this one specifically, definitely contains some mature language when we get into the Jack Black butt play. Uh, we have a couple other things. We have the return of the Rotten Tomatoes game, and we have some news. And this will be the end of our back-to-school month. We will be hitting some more feature films going forward, but we're wrapping up. Um, this is being recorded in October, so we're a couple days late running out of September. But our last double feature, we will be covering Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion and the D-Train. So we've covered a few things on our back-to-school month. We've covered... Um, growing up and obstacles to growing up, uh, finding your place and fitting in, uh, clicks and groups, returning to school to further your education, and now finally returning to school as a reunion. So let's head into the VIP booth at the top of the cantina and get today's show started. <laughs> So here we are in our slightly rearranged VIP booth at the top of the cantina. Um, up here, it's the carpet has been freshly vacuumed of all the alien scum and vomit, and it, it smells powdery and fresh. And we're ready to go. I feel precarious. There's a beer next to my hand. I'm afraid I'm going to get excited as I accentuate a point, and I'm going to knock the beer all over the equipment. Sitting across from me at the 12 o'clock position with a purple monkey around her neck. She is the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. She is sponsored by Realtors. Her name is Heathen. Hello. Also joining us <laughs> on my right side, I guess that would be like the 3 or 4 o'clock position. That's like the 4 o'clock position, huh? He no, that would be like uh, eight or nine. Wrong way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> Twelve, one, two, three. Is that how the clock goes? Oh. Yeah, you're going the wrong way, Dumbo. <laughs> no, both of us were like... Uh, you're at 12 o'clock, I'm at six o'clock. Sorry, we were... <laughs> yeah, Dumbo. Well, at least I had on, support. On Australia. Both time. of us were saying that you were wrong. He must feel right at home because he's sitting on his former furniture. His name is Beer Maker Matt. Hey. 
How does that count? How does that futon, futon feel to you? Feels like an old friend. <laughs> yeah. I like to feel old friends sometimes. You're a pal and a confidant. So, if you hear a sound like this... Uh, that's that's fine to hit Everybody this drink along with us as we drink here in the cantina. Mmm. Tasty. I'm drinking something that has a Greek name in it. It is called Ale Epitios. It's an imperial stout for an imperial man. Hmm. <laughs> if you say so. I keep... Yeah. <laughs> keep uh, <laughs> Anyway, that would be a good commercial. Um, Heathen's filling up her wine, and then we're going to ask if she's ready to do the news. I have it in a glass today. Hmm. You're really moving on up. <laughs> Just like the Jeffersons. And I have my supportive monkey on my back. All right. Heathen's headlines. Heathen's headlines. Hey, by the way, real quick, I forgot there's a secret word going on for two weeks now. My hint is it is something that people do, but most other people don't like. Okay, go on with your news. <laughs> Just go on with um, your Sticking news. your finger up your butt? <laughs> go on with or, the news. I don't know. We are getting a 3D porn movie. We're getting, I think, I'm pretty sure they've happened before. The movie is called Love. It's a twisty relationship storyline. Um, it's an Argentinian director. Mm, they make the best 3D porns. They have no idea where the movie is going quite yet. Um, as far as like how they're going to make this not kind of a NC-17 or whatever that rating is i don't know where you're I'm going i'm not really sure but i'd love to see you coming no hate to see you <laughs> leave but love to watch you go no i'm talking no? about the porn movie anyway dumb boat thanks <laughs> and you're fixing to get your first sticker good i'll finally get up to five and i can get my prize we have a secret game on here that There's whoever going... can make Heathen cry gets a sticker. And if she cries herself, then she loses a sticker. <laughs> There's going to be um, new layers um, added to the penetration lovemaking scenes. Wow. Mm. Um, start looking for this uh, in select theaters October 30th. And they plan to expand to other theaters November 6th. So it's a porn movie that they're trying to release into mainstream theaters? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a little different. I mean, they used yeah, to do that. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean... They used to do that back in the, you know, 70s. theater stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast before that I wish that someone would make a high-budget porn movie. I mean, they had. That Pirates movie was, was fairly high-budget, and they even made an... Uh, non-x-rated version so people could watch it but i think there's a market for it even though porn's all free now and everything's just basically gonzo porn they really should, could make a and they used to do that kind of in the 70s they had they had musicals they had alice in wonderland and musical porn mm-hmm. all kinds of things i still don't think i want to see a porn movie around a group of people mm, it depends i guess for some people it's weird and i think for most people it's weird <laughs> i guess I well, like, I did watch a couple of um, videos from this movie, and I don't think I want to see this in 
3D. a group setting and smell a vision well, i want to see it in 3d I mean, for sure but not in a group setting I, my dad still talks about going to see deep throat in the theater yeah mm-hmm. that was a big thing that was what when they had like the censorship um hearings and things like that and they had to they tried to legally define um uh, pornography uh, that's interesting i didn't realize that deep throat was actually well yeah, well, it used to be like Times Square in New York used to be all porn theaters and you could go to a theater and, and see X-rated movies and it was a little bit more mainstream. And people like Deep Throat was like a, a big one that, that people would, you know, it made like a lot of money. People would wait in line to see that it. That one was actually more of a movie, not so saying, much like the, hard In the 70s, porn. a lot of them mm-hmm. were, yeah. were more like movies. Um, the only This reason, one is like that. One other reason, well, I wouldn't want to see it with the movie group, for one thing, because I wouldn't want to hear John going, hmm, <laughs> how bizarre. <laughs> or Jackie, huh? Jackie would be like, oh, I've done that before. That might be the movie um, that would break him. He'd, he'd just get up and leave and never come back. But, huh. but, well, but the reason I would, I'm going to host that movie. The reason I wouldn't want to see it in a group is, is when I do watch like porn with people, I like to comment on it. It's one of those movies. It's like watching a bad movie. So if I watch like a bad B movie or a C movie, like with Portland Mike, I like we well, like to talk over it, and I would do the same thing with porn. Like you know, we you might analyze make, porn. Well, we might no, we don't analyze it. We make fun of it. We might make <laughs> bets about different things, and you know, I might. She's yell. gonna spit on his dick. Yeah. I just know it. Three, two, we'll talk one. About like the ridiculous lines that they mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, I guess it's kind of weird and almost if you're watching it with a bunch of guys, it almost could be seen as quasi homosexual. But that's not the way I took it. I never felt weird about it. I would hmm. just say I got to go to the bathroom for about twenty minutes now, guys. <laughs> I'll be right back. Don't need to pause it. <laughs> Somebody's at the door. Can you get up and get it? Just give me a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you bring your large notebook today? Yeah. I used to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to watch porn at my friend's grandma's house. <laughs> and then we'd go out and play croquet. <laughs> we were very upscale. Well, at least you didn't need croquet sticks. No. <laughs> All right, Ethan, next news. Good job on the first one. They have uh, projected how much money the Martian movie is going to make this weekend care to take a guess on the opening weekend um i'm not good with these numbers i would figure i would say um i'm a little surprised because we don't have that many people signed up to watch it yet and this is going to be a top 10 grossing yeah. movie of the year this is going to be one of the bigger this movies happens of the year. every time no um, it doesn't it doesn't yes, happen every it, time well, well, it, it we happens a lot. There was like 25 hap- people. Yeah, but it happens a lot. And then like when it comes close to the movie, then they're like, we can't get seats. Okay, well, well it's been posted for a while, motherfuckers. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. So people that have listened to the show, Handsome Rob has moved. Um, Peanut and Wishing Wells are busy. They don't come as often. So a lot of our movie group, are, are uh, core following has, has disappeared or dwindled. But that's what happens, so... We'll have to. Mercury's in retrograde right now. <laughs> no, you have to say it the way you said it. Mercury. Come on, go on. Okay, 45 million. Okay. The Great American uh, Brew Festival in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I was just there about three or four years ago to the day. It's on my time about hopper. Seven years ago. 
Um, they have introduced a new uh, cannabis-infused beer. I was wondering how long it was going to take somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. And Colorado's thing, the perfect place for one it. One thing I thought was interesting in here was that they said they were having a hard time finding um, legalized hemp oil. And I I can't understand that because you can get like hemp clothing and hemp is a natural... And it's None one, of the shit makes sense And to it's me, one of the whatever. reasons, you know, for legalizing marijuana was for hemp for clothing and for right. oils and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend that would use hemp oil on his, for like, for tissue or whatever. Muscles? Really, I, I, I guess, but I guess if you, the reason it, it, it's probably. I can see how that could probably help me I, too. The reason why it's probably um, illegal is the oil when it's distilled that that far down it's super potent you know that's the stuff you cook with so if someone was just going to pick up like a jar of oil and drink it they could i don't know how i don't think it's possible to overdose on thc but if there was it would be that way because that would make you extremely sick the only other thing that i can think of is uh, uh, you can smoke it and then drink but you can't drink and then smoke so they, well, of the so hops, it intensifies the effect of the alcohol so it should be interesting to see like if you actually drink it what maybe it's just the taste like how the chili beso beer is no, it's just taste, the taste of the hemp the taste shouldn't change too much because but hops, it's not actually getting you high because marijuana and hops are related yeah. and stuff that's like very heavy in hops like ipas I mean, you can almost smell it. You can, it smells almost like marijuana sometimes. Right. Like I don't. I don't think they're trying to actually get people high with beer. I think they're just trying to use the hemp seed or the hemp flavor, just, just like the pumpkin beer. But I remember reading about this uh, like a year or two ago that there was some. I think some in Napa there was a group. And they were having some trouble, but somehow because they were a private group, they were allowed to do it. They were adding um, like THC to to wine. They had like THC wine, mm-hmm. but you had to be a member of this special group to be able to drink it. But it really had the effects. It wasn't just the taste. It was it was pot wine. I'm just kind of curious to see what would be more expensive, hops or marijuana. I'm guessing marijuana would be a little bit more expensive, but. I'd be interesting. Uh, I mean, if it was legal, I'd, I'd definitely. Well, try the clothing it. is pretty expensive, so I can only imagine. Because it's so regulated, I think is why. Yeah. It's expensive. From what I understand, um, you know, there's a lot of advantages to hemp over like cotton as far as clothing goes. And that's my news. Great job, heathen. <laughs> she didn't you cry. Didn't cry. <laughs> I didn't and that's cry. one of your news is. <laughs> and. Nobody, uh, everybody's like, what's this hell and back movie about? I'm like, ha, 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 I had it in my news. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that no one heard about it doesn't always mean that's a good thing. (laughs) Of course it does. It's because I broke the story. Yeah. Stay tuned. I've broken lots of stories. I broke the story on Pixels on episode one. It didn't make that movie turn out like anything anyone wanted to watch. Nobody cares. This is my segment. And we're moving on. <laughs> I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. Have a drink! 
Okay. All right, Heathen, you want to introduce what we're sipping on in Cocktail Corner while Matt pours us up some Dana shots? Danish? They're Danish shots because the shot are Holland Hollandaise shots. Dutch? Yeah, Dutch shots. <laughs> They're just oh my shot God. glasses with windmills painted on them. So From Holland. So what are we drinking? <laughs> Heathen, stop wasting time. <laughs> This is the Edgefield Apple Whiskey. Is it the whiskey? Yeah, I believe it's uh, Apple Whiskey. My mom really liked the stuff. It was mm-hmm. called... Uh, and this oh. is from the Edgefield McMinimins. A Valpota. A Valpota Apple Flavored Whiskey. It's delicious. They have a winery, distillery, and a brewery on site. If you do not know what the McMinimins experience is, then you should probably... Go online and look for it. We have fulfilled our passport requirements. We will be going to Washington and Oregon in about 10 days to have our passport party. Passport party. Yes. We filled it in one year. And a lot of people who live in Portland or the Oregon area and Washington have had their passports for a very long time and still have not fulfilled it. But well, it was a really fun journey. And this is the first time that we've opened up this bottle and we've had it for a year. We have tried this before, though. I tried this when my mom ordered it. We, we've had it a couple of times. Mm. Um, I've never seen This it. is the first time that Matt's had it. Um, they have an interesting way of distilling um, they use the whiskey barrels and then they use it for wine or is it the other way around? And then they use it for beer. Yeah. I mean, usually they, they use all of their barrels at all three. I can't remember. Yeah. Good enough. Anything. I think it, I think it's a uh, whiskey, wine, beer. Cause you can't go the other way around. Yeah. It's usually. Chardonnay barrels usually get used for for whiskey. They're sent to uh, yeah. Ireland a lot. After okay, the- so wine, whiskey, and then beer. Sorry. Anything Go to ahead. drink to? Nothing. Anything to drink to? The monkey on my back. Well, I think that's a stupid thing to drink to. I don't think that's a true story. It's the king's monkey. It's very happily. <laughs> can warm that up. I think up. it's funny that you guys just shot it. Like, don't you want to sip it and be like, mm, I, I can really it taste is, the apple. It is kind of a sipping. Hmm? I kind of sip shot it. I had a discussion. I don't think I brought this up on the podcast, but I had a discussion last week that, about shots. And um, that people, well, first of all, shots are kind of a stupid idea. But people over the age of, like, in their 30s don't and older, you don't usually do shots anymore. It's something you do as a kid. Because unless um, unless you are just drinking something really shitty just to get drunk real fast, which, again, is kind of a kid's thing, or you're just drinking something that's really designed as a shot, you know, like a B-52 or something like that. Yeah, I physically cannot... Even do that if I wanted to. Because anything that's good, that's good tasting, you should probably, you know, sip on. 
and anything that's shitty, then, you know. Yeah, good job, guys, for sipping on I my... sip shot at it. I went through all the... You did of... not. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and your toast to the monkey was dumb. Then what would you like to toast to? Um, I always toast to things. I would like to toast that to... That I'm beating you at the ranks on football? No. I would like to toast to... Um, that Should I pour another drink? Sure, please. Because maybe you'll sip this one this time, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, it's fine to hit that baby. Oh, Jesus. I'm so frustrated. Yeah, that's fine to hit this baby. <laughs> so anyway, what would you like to toast to? So, uh, a couple weeks ago, I toasted to the TV show Scream Queens. This week, I would like to toast to the TV show. There's a couple worthy ones. I'm going to say, just because it's a little different than anything that's on TV right now, I don't know if it will last, but it's kind of entertaining to watch, is the Neil Patrick Harris show. I 100% agree. I really like that show. I, I like, for one, it's another show that's just extremely positive. So even though I really like negative things, a lot of the TV shows and the movies I watch are really dark and heavy and negative. Um, sometimes it's just nice to watch something that's really uplifting. Mm -hmm. So there's not a whole lot of content to the show. He's got a celebrity guest announcer every week. He just does a lot of interactive stuff with the audiences, a lot of hidden camera stuff where he surprises them. It's a lot of, it's mostly, almost everything is based around the audience. So it's just, it's just a feel good show. He gives away a lot of stuff. It's like a game. It's like if Oprah had a game show. Mm -hmm. um, and then every week he closes with uh, the greatest closing ever, whatever it's called. And it's, it's like a little Broadway performance where the last one wasn't that interesting, but the first one he did a backflip off of a pogo stick and the second one, he was doing like stuff off of a, off of a trampoline into a building. So, again, there's not a whole lot to it. But if you just want something that isn't just putting shit in the world, you can check it out. I, I again, I, I watch it. It's not a whole lot going on with it. I don't know if the show will last. It's been getting modest ratings. But go check it out if you like NPH. He's a handsome guy. All right, I've got a. A game. Shall we play a game? So we're going to do the Rotten Tomatoes game. We haven't played it for a while. And the Rotten Tomatoes game is, if you guys aren't familiar with it at home, is Rotten Tomatoes is a site where they take um, all of the reviews that have ever been published in a newspaper, and not just like someone's blog or whatever, but official movie journals or newspapers like the Chicago Tribune. They take all of them, and then they give it a percentage based on a thumbs-up, thumbs-down formula. So if 100 people reviewed a movie and 80% 80, 80 of them said that it was a good movie, then that will get an 80% Rotten Tomatoes score. There are movies dating back before the Rotten Tomatoes website that they keep. I mean, you can go back to Gone with the Wind, and they have got percentages for it because they go back and they look at published reviews that were in newspapers and magazines back then. Do you know what the Gone with the Wind rating was? Mm, I could look it up if I had a producer and engineer. I can't really talk and look up those things at oh, okay. the same time. Dang it. So since we're doing our finishing back to school month, I'm going to go over some movies that we did not cover that you did not have a chance to review or study for. So you should not know these scores offhand. We will go in chronological order. We've got seven movies 
and you guys will keep track of your own scores. First movie from 1985, one of the best high school movies ever, um, and we did not get a chance to cover it. It is called The Breakfast Club. Heathen, what Rotten Tomato score do you think The Breakfast Club received? 94%. All right, Beer Maker Matt, what do you think The Breakfast Club received? 55%. It received 89%. So do I subtract? Mm -hmm. You get the difference. Yours should be a little bit easier. Um, yeah, the last two units we I wanted to do, which we ran out of time, was Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That would have covered the detention, delinquent, um, cutting school. Also, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was one of my favorite movies as a kid. All right, second movie. Speaking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off from 1986, it is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What Rotten Tomato score do you believe Ferris Bueller's Day Off received? 84%. All right. Beer Maker Matt? Uh, I was going to say 82. 80%. Mm -hmm. Guys, we're close on that one. All right. We did cover this one on the podcast. Well, I covered it on the podcast, but you guys didn't, so you didn't have a chance to research it. 1986 is Back to School, starring Rodney Dangerfield. Beer Maker Matt, what do you think? 67%. What do you think, Ethan? Oh, that's funny because I was going to say 76. <laughs> or is that what you're going to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. The score is 84% for Back to School. Higher than I would have guessed, honestly. Yeah. Wait, what was the score? 84%. And you said 76. That is a difference of eight. Thank you. <laughs> now we'll go to 1987, a film starring Mark Harmon. This film is called Summer School. One of Mark Harmon's finest films. Summer School. I never saw it, so I'm going to say, uh, you said 1987? Mm-hmm. 87%. Hmm. Creative. What do you think, Beer Maker Matt? We'll go back to 82%. Summer School, although this was one of Mark Harmon's finest films, it was only a 61%. Damn it. I actually have to do math. You said 61%? Mm -hmm. That will be your summer school to see the Mark Harmon film, Summer School. It is required watching for Back to School Month. He then furiously scribbles away. She's already won. I'm already... You don't know that <laughs> yet. Someone could really blow it on a couple of... You getting your calculator out, Heathen? Shut up. Cack. <laughs> nice calculator. I am going to look up, uh, try to look up Gone with the Wind. Well, I was trying to as well. It would be nice if we had an intern to do these kind of things. 1939. 94%. I would agree with that. For one of the most racist movies of all time. <laughs> no, you, you haven't with, watched it. You, have you done your math yet? Mm-hmm. All right. Now we jump forward a decade to 1995, another film I covered on Back to School Month. It is Billy Madison. The first, it wasn't Adam Sandler's first film, but it was like the first film he was featured in. He was in a movie called Overboard, I believe, before. 90%. That, that'll hold. Really? Have you seen Billy Madison? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 62. 
All right. Here is Matt's chance to catch up. Billy Madison got 46%. Motherfucker. <laughs> Poor Portland Mike, if he's listening to What'd this. What'd you say? 46%. Portland Mike would be like, Jesus, I'd be lapping these guys by now. <laughs> Although he might have went extra low on that. He might have given that like in the 20s. Mmm, that was some good apple whiskey. I don't always drink apple whiskey, but when I do, I drink it by the shot. Heathen of the Hill people. You ready? We go to 1999. Starring a lot of people. This film is called American Pie. Uh, I'm going to go 94%. Hmm. I'm going to go 89%. 61% for American Pie. (laughs) Critics aren't really that fond of people having sex with pastries. (laughs) Did really well. Yeah. Normal people, though. Yeah. Yeah, I laughed. I remember watching this in the theater. I think this was a a film I theater hopped to. I remember watching it by myself and... um, when Jason, uh, not, what's his, uh, uh, Jason Biggs is masturbating to the scrambled uh, cable. I was like, yep, I've done that. Well, uh, it was 40-something? Me too. 61. Girls do that too, actually. Hmm. I've never had sex with a pastry, though. No, um, I haven't either. All right, our final film. Our final film. It is a different kind of school. Is it a wizarding school? We're talking about 2001's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is the first Harry Potter film. What do you think? 92%. 92%. I'm going to go 86%. 80%. You guys tally up your scores. Whoever wins will get a sticker. And... That's that. And while you're doing that, we'll head into feature presentation. All right, Heathen, what was your final score? A horrible 127. Mm, pretty high. Matt, what was your final score? 129. Ooh. Whoa. So Heathen gets the sticker. <laughs> Yay. Good job, Heathen. And don't forget that there is a secret word out there so you can... Don't let me forget. Double your pleasure. Because I might cry and lose my sticker anyway. Yeah. So we're going to start again going chronological. Is there a special option where if somebody like coddles me, they can earn my sticker? No, I'm just kidding. Never mind. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> when going in chronological order. I thought it was funny. We will start with Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. This came out in 1997, runtime of an hour and 32 minutes. Uh, previously, before rewatching this again, I'd only seen this once when it had first come out. Um, this had come out, I believe Friends was still on the air. So I remember when I was watching it, it was weird for me seeing Lisa Kudrow playing a very kind of similar character. Um, 
There's a part in the film when she's in her dream sequence and she's trying to show off the A-team um, and show what a success she is and she doesn't want to get called on her bluff that they ask her. Uh, so they're, they're a big thing if you've guys seen this movie or remember this movie. They're going to reunion and they don't want to seem as losers like they were in high school so they make up a story that they invented the post-it stamp, post-it note. And in this dream sequence, uh, well... Romy and Michelle, they get in an argument because they think that uh, Mich Michelle, is that Lisa Kudrow? Rome, yes. Romy's um, Mira Savino. Mm -hmm. uh, th that they say Michelle's too stupid to have come up with anything besides coloring it yellow. And the dream sequence, she comes off with this formula for the special kind of adhesive glue, which she came up with on the spot. Apparently she improvised the whole formula, which... It was good because it looked like she was improvising, but it was also somewhat believable. She used a lot of words. Um, I mean, it could have been worse. Like you just melt down the glue and you stir it around and then you add in some peppers. Something like that. No, it was definitely believable. Um, but I do remember uh, knowing that part of the movie, when the movie came out, this is like one of my favorite movies my girlfriend my best friend and i watched this movie i've seen it probably like 70 times fantastic mm -hmm. you're welcome <laughs> so how are you guys about coming up with stuff like that on the spot can you improvise can Horrible. you flow can you let yourself go i am not a good improvisational person slow and low that is the tempo um it just depends on kind of what's going on what's around me um, we had some a guest, and everybody wanted to rap like live, and make up. You know, oh, I'm humping a cow. That was some good improvisation yeah. right there. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm I'm not down. I'm not down for this. So he then there's a wolf mask up there. Tell me a story about that wolf mask. I'd rather not. Thank you. All right. See? That proves our point. <laughs> um, if I'm in uh, an improv class, then I know I'm. that's what I'm doing, and I feed off of people. I'm, uh, I'm pretty decent at improvising. I wasn't a very good actor. I took like seven years or eight years of drama, but I honestly wasn't very good. The only thing I think was one of my strong points is if someone forgot a line. Because mm -hmm. I, never, I never forgot a line ever. Um, not that I have a great memory. Mm -hmm. I just never forgot a line. I was really good at covering for it. That was like the one thing that right. I could do. Um, bad things. I, occasionally, random things happen during a play. I was in a play one time that was a kid's play where I played Peter Cottontail. I slipped off the stage and I fell through the backdrop and I went along with it. <laughs> and, you know, I was sitting, I have a line where I'm sitting on like a bale of hay and I'm talking about what a bad day it is because I lost my shoe and I'm, I ended up talking about you know, falling down and all of these things. Um, pretty good at that as far as that goes. You had a really good commercial idea for the sea lions that Matt and I laughed about the other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I think improvising is something that if you do it a lot, it comes easier to you. Like, I think I like those people that rap all the time or freestyle rap. Mm -hmm. I think they do it so much that a lot of these rhymes and things are already stuck in their head. But when I was in high school, my friends and I would, we would just walk around like that we were eternally in 
a Monty Python play, and we were just always riffing and joking and just improving in real life, basically to amuse ourselves. It's one of the things you do when you live in a small town, I suppose, and you're a nerd. I was really good at uh, like prank phone calls, but that's about as close to improv as I ever got. That's still improving. Uh, yeah, I, I, I never could do those that well. One of my friends, um, he would do that, and he could keep a very serious face and... I have I have videos of him doing the the prank phone calls because it was one of my favorite parts was how serious he looked when he was doing them, and he would just randomly call a number not even on a phone book and just you and we ended up calling a, a school one time, and he's like oh this is uh, Pollock Pines uh, Elementary School they're like yeah and he's like I've got some questions for you they're like what is that and I was like I'm thinking about enrolling my son in the school but I've heard you've got a lot of drugs up there. <laughs> well and see that's where like our that's where my improv was is as a group we would um be at the mall um where the movie theater is now the park lane mall it's not even there anymore um who's gonna be the token uh blind person today and that's so fine to hit this baby so Drink. then god that is a little <laughs> <laughs> anyway I would say a lot of things right now but I'm not going to okay the reverse side of improving um, there's a scene in the spin class when Romy and Michelle are trying to get in shape for their uh, their their reunion they want to look good and Lisa Kudrow is talking about quote the guy in the rowboat you can clearly see the woman in the background trying to hold back her laughter so that's a bad form of, of improv is when you can't like when I was talking about my friend of the prank phone calls, he was really hard to break ever. In drama, we would do a thing, not in class, but when we had our nerdy drama parties, we would have someone sit in a chair and then everyone else would randomly come up to them like in a line or just jump in front and try to get them to break character. Right, but we also <laughs> saw the the 10 most hilarious uh, things in movies where pe- you can see people in big movies um, breaking character for a moment mm-hmm. because it was so hilarious but they kept it in yeah for whatever reason um so how are you at that okay so we laugh we we talked about last week laughing at inappropriate times or inappropriate laughter and i did have a conversation about this i want to clarify a little bit so i was saying last week people were laughing inappropriately because they were simple-minded now, there is another kind of inappropriate laughter that was brought to my attention that I do this. I actually did this recently. When you laugh at something that's not necessarily supposed to be funny, like seeing a kid get slapped in a movie, but it's just hilarious, or like like when it's really overly dramatic, like a Lifetime movie, and like, because I would never laugh in real life if a guy slapped another, like a lady or his wife. But when it's really over the top and looks so fake, and the dialogue is like a soap opera, and kind of like I laughed in the high school Hellcats when the dad slapped the daughter. I thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. because it was funny to me. Now, that's another kind of inappropriate laughter. Then this other kind we're talking about now is, is breaking character or, or maybe just laughing when you're not supposed to. So a bad time when this happens is when you really can't laugh and the person next to you is also laughing and you're both trying to hold it in and you just can't hold. I've actually had to leave a college class one time. Um, because because I was having a lot of trouble. Um, but one of the, uh, the one time that sticks out in my mind the most is my brother, my mom, and I went to a, a Buddhist church for like a, uh, a spring celebration. And they were singing hymns, like Buddhist versions of hymns. 
And the guy behind us. They were us, chanting? No, they were singing. The guy behind us was singing so loudly and so off key, but he was really trying to sing. And I was trying so hard not to laugh. And my brother's trying so hard not to laugh. And every time I would start to calm down, he would start to laugh. And then I'd start to laugh. And then he would calm down and we'd go back and forth. And then the guy behind us, he must have known that we were maybe laughing at him because he like kind of giggled a little bit, like a little bit nervous. Like he must have realized what a bad singer he was. It was awful. But it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, I think most people have had it at a funeral or, 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 you know, a meeting or something where you're just trying not to laugh. And it it almost feels like you're going to throw up or something because you just can't hold it in. If you could just let it out for a little bit. Portland Mike and I had that when we went and saw Monuments Men is we were trying really hard not to laugh at the end of the movie because it was so bad. (laughs) And... And we eventually just couldn't, and people were looking at us like there was something wrong with us. Um, well, I had the um, unfortunate experience uh, during the first Paul Blart movie. That is a very unfortunate experience. I'm sorry for that. I laughed so hard during his first <laughs> anaphylactic shock that um, I had the whole entire theater laughing with me because I was laughing so hard I couldn't stop. I had to leave the theater. Um, and then there was something else I was. Yeah, we went to comedy before, remember. and the comedian almost asked you to if you were needed to leave when I was with you because you wouldn't stop. I mean, normally comedians yeah. don't ask you to stop laughing, but she told Heathen like, "Do you do you need to leave?" Because you can't be laughing while they're telling a joke. I don't mean to, but sometimes something is so funny to me that I just can't stop laughing. Mm. Here's a note. Lisa Kudrow received a degree in biology from Vassar College. Mira Savino received a degree in Asian studies from Harvard University. So those are both really good schools, as you, I think everyone in the world knows. So during production of Romeo and Michelle, they nicknamed each other Smart and Smarter. Um, both the Romy and Michelle characters were originated in a stage play called Ladies Room. Uh, Lisa Kudrow was in this play, so she reprised her character for the movie. During this time, Mira Savino was dating Quentin Tarantino, and there's a couple Easter eggs in the film that hint at that. In the scene where Romy and Michelle are pigging out in their living room, and you see all of the candies and cupcakes and everything you can see a takeout bag from big kahuna, big kahuna burger uh. also you can see an ad for red apple cigarettes on the building next to their apartment um even though Romy and michelle said that they invented the post-it which obviously was a lie there's no way they could have done this the post-it was introduced in 1977 10 years before Romy and michelle graduated and was invented by a fellow named art fry which was mentioned by Janine Graffalo in the film. Anything you want to talk about, Romy and Michelle Heathen, before we go on to the D train? Uh, no, just uh, about the laughing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on the other side is um, laughing when people get hurt. Yeah, that was kind of that one of those things. like when. Um, yeah, what you were talking about mm-hmm. is uh, there's been a couple things that have happened to me in my life. Uh, one time my friend was walking up a huge set of stairs and she slipped and fell and had a huge like gash gash on her leg and I laughed so hard. Well, that's mean. 
Well, it, it was just the way she hurt herself. It just made me laugh. Well, well watching people fall down is probably yeah. the funniest thing in the world. I and love then, watching people And fall then my down. best friend, Jakeisha, we were uh, sledding up in incline. Sledding? Yeah, sledding. 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 Are you saying sledding? Yeah, that's what you were saying, right? That's what sledding. you did. Sledding. Oh, okay. Sledding. Up in incline at the golf horse. Golf horse? And golf course. Okay. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and she was kind of nervous. I went down the hill, no problem. And it was really fun. And, and she's like, oh, there's a little uh, divot like halfway through because there was like a sprinkler and it, you know, the snow, whatever. And she hit the sprinkler and immediately put her hands and her feet down so as soon as she hit it was her hands and her feet that took the brunt not the sled so she ended up like fracturing her um ankle which we found out later but that's hilarious (laughs) she was laying in the snow going heather i'm at the top she's like heather oh my god can you come down she's like i'm blacking out i'm blacking out do you hear this do you hear this it's the langoliers they're coming they're coming i mean she was like screaming and i'm like i just i laughed so hard that i literally pissed my pants <laughs> it was literally it was, yes literally <laughs> my mom had to come and <laughs> i had to i had to carry her up the hill in the sled because she kept like so she had a she blacked out yeah you were leaking pee on top of her <laughs> it, it was cold she was like the langolier she had ringing in her ears and she was like the langoliers are coming what is a langolier from the book the langoliers the stephen king book yeah oh. she's like the langoliers she kept like i was like shakisha you need to get up we need to you know go i'll help you up the thing and she's like no can you hear them she would she refused it was hilarious yeah it sounds hilarious i could not and you you did say there was something you liked about the end of this movie with Mm -hmm. the fashion editor from vogue yes not that i want to encourage you well no do another 10 minute story but she was part of the group the the A team mm-hmm. and um, at the reunion she said you know uh, told Romeo and Michelle that she was not part of that team anymore and um, she basically said oh I love your fashion and well she was the one at the table at mm-hmm. lunch that mm-hmm. got a little shit for saying that she actually thought they were she kind of actually thought they were yeah this style was interesting. So she complimented them um, at the reunion and was like, actually, but I really liked how she was um, very blunt, um, no emotion, just. uh, Yeah, I like that it didn't turn into, well, I mean, I guess it kind of did at the very, very end, but I'm glad that that scene didn't turn into a stereotypical, like they didn't draw it out and. And makers like actually they're fantastic, and I'm gonna forward them to this designer I know right now, and they're gonna be billionaires. Like I'm glad it didn't go that way because it would have been. It, I, I like I like what you're saying that they just kind of kept it simple. Like she just said, no, they're they're pretty good, and I don't care what you girls say. And she was very matter of fact, like emotionless and very like how you would be in business. Mm-hmm. Like actually, like a Hillary Clinton. Chica's, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if I would go that far. All right, let's move on to the D train. If there's anything you want to bring up from Romy and Michelle, go ahead and do it at any time. So the D train, that is from this year with a runtime of an hour and 41 minutes. Stars Jack Black and James Marsden. Um, James Marsden, I've liked him in a couple things, but the thing that always sticks out to me, he was the original Cyclops in the X-Men movies, and I hated him as Cyclops. I super hated him. (laughs) He was horrible. Actually, in those first X-Men movies, a lot of the actors were pretty bad. Like Halle Berry, who's a decent actress, was a horrible storm. Hated James Marsden as Cyclops. Um, They do have a new Cyclops in the new movies, played by Ty Sheridan. He's from movies like Mud and Joe. Kind of, I don't know a lot about him, but seems like a talented kid. Should be better than James Marsden, who was awful, if I need to say it one more time. God, one of the lines, like, when, when Logan's talking to Jean Grey and Cyclops is like, better watch yourself, buddy. It's just horrible acting. Maybe the director was going for that. <laughs> in 2013, Bill Hader was reportedly in talks to play the lead character during the film's early pre-production stage. It was originally called Lawless, which I think it was a better name than the D-Train. I don't really know why it was called the D-Train or why, as beer maker Matt mentioned before the podcast, no, why he I, had to give himself a, a nickname. I think I figured it out. Like, I never watched the movie, but now that you I... never watched the movie? No, now that I've seen the movie, I think because he took the... Dick train? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about that soon. Actually, I think that's all I was going to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and... (laughs) So, one thing, when I saw previews for this movie, I didn't want to see it because it didn't look very funny, but it was one of those movies that was marketed in a way different way than the movie actually was, and sometimes this happens where, where a movie looks like it's a slapstick comedy... Or um, like Crimson Peak that's coming out is, is being uh, marketed as a horror movie. And for what I understand, it's more of a romance. You can end up... I never saw... Um, uh, I can't remember. It was John Carter on Mars or, last, or, or Avatar. One of those movies did really poorly. But I also heard one of the reasons behind that is they were marketed all wrong. So the D-Train, like I said, it, it, it looks like it's going to be kind of a silly Jack Black movie. And it's... Um, kind of a dark, dirty, perverted. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be a psychological profile on something. I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't really understand what it was in this script that made Jack Black want to play this part because he didn't really have any redeeming qualities and he gets fucked in the butt. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think... Were you shocked, Heathen, at having Cyclops pumping, pumping Jack Black's butt? That was shocking. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, especially when they I don't... they started kissing, and that was kind of like a shocker. And then just kind of es- kept escalating, and it was like, oh. well, well, not that I saw. I any... don't understand why that even needed to be there. They could have went a way different. I don't know. I Artistically, think they were trying to do like a uh, fatal it attraction wasn't even, type thing or something. It wasn't even it. funny. It, I don't none think it was supposed it, to be funny. That part. Okay. Even uh, seriously, I it none of it made sense. It was so I, not horrible. that I necessarily saw it coming. Other than oh, I'm pretty sure we all saw it coming. Oh, we did. Somebody came. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. Um, well, because it was in his butt. 
anyway. So not <laughs> that I kidding. saw anything coming other than when James Marsden um, says like, and, and the bar is like, <laughs> I'm not gay. I'm not, I just, I'll do, I'll do anything, whatever. So I was like, okay, they're going to do something with that. And then when they're the part where they kiss, I didn't, not that I saw it, that they were going to kiss, but like the few seconds leading up to that, I was like, gross, they're going to end up kissing. I don't know. And it's fairly early on in the movie, like the first 30 minutes. Um, yeah, as soon as you hear him ask the first time for him to come over here, you know exactly yeah, what's yeah. coming. And then and then he goes from kissing to getting his 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 butt plugged. <laughs> um, and one thing I thought was interesting about his, well, so in the it, it, it kind of strikes you. So before, leading up to this, they do a bunch of like drugs and drink and all kinds of stuff. So I thought, okay, he got so drunk that he gets he gets his butt plugged, but then he wakes up in the morning wearing his underwear. So how drunk are you that you get your butt plugged, but then you're self-conscious enough or realize enough that you need to find your underwear and put it back on? Well, he was definitely wide awake <laughs> as soon as he started getting his butt plugged. <laughs> I mean, you could tell. I mean, the only scene you really see of him getting it is his face. Well, so maybe he yeah, he he was not the one that was as inebriated as the one who was. He was going into that, though. I think what they were trying to do was they were basically saying he was so involved and so deep in this plot to get him uh, out to the reunion that he, he would was, do anything. Yeah, and it wasn't even that at that point it wasn't that he would do anything. It was just that he had kind of, I don't know, set the expectation that he would pretty much do anything to get this guy out there. But he also did have quite a man crush on on Lawless. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the notes I wrote down, because I wrote down, there was a lot of bad things in this movie besides the plot. Like, there's a part where he, before he goes out to L.A. to get Lawless to come back, he sees him in this banana boat commercial. And he goes and he wakes up everyone to see the commercial, which I understand... But why does the mom come down with the baby? Like, why do you wake up the baby to come downstairs to watch a commercial? I can understand the kid and the mom, maybe. Yeah, she even mentions, maybe. why did you make me wake up the baby? Yeah, yeah there was a I couple of things I wrote down on my Maybe notes. he made her wake up the baby. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Um, you never know. One thing about this movie, it was so bad. Had it been a different actor maybe or just a little bit worse it would have been bad enough to be good it wasn't quite that bad it was just bad we didn't really want want to watch it but it was very close it walked a thin line of would it would have been better if it was a more attractive than uh, attractive actor than jack black (laughs) getting his butt plugged i I don't know it was because there was a couple other things i wrote question marks on um that was just like this movie's so weird um so a couple things about how they are doing reunions in this movie. I went to a smaller school and this was a little bit bigger school, I believe. But do, do most schools have, cause my, my school has like one person that organizes the reunion. They had a whole library with a call center. It was like a part-time job for these people. How many goddamn people do you need to organize a reunion? Especially nowadays when they have classmates.com and Facebook and they're just having these people call on the phone. Uh, my 10 year reunion um, Facebook wasn't really around, so it was a little more involved. It was yeah, more like contact. People. Yeah, there was a couple people involved. Yeah, a couples makes sense, not mm-hmm. ten. Yeah, we didn't even have like an official ten year reunion. It was basically a bunch of people on Facebook that said, "Hey, let's get together for our ten year reunion at this 
this bar in downtown. The 20 year, it was definitely only on Facebook. And I didn't go because I had to work. So if you were in the scenario where they're having trouble getting people to go to the reunion and Jack Black's idea is if they can get this famous banana boat movie star that everyone will go and that ends up happening. Do you have any, do you have anyone that graduated in your, in your uh, graduating class that was remotely famous? Um, I, well, incline. Um, well, you only graduated from one class, right? Well, no, I went to, I know you went to two schools, but you graduated schools, from one class. But I was friends with, uh, Cherry Johnson from Punky Brewster when I was... So is that your graduating class? In my graduating class in L.A. Um, but you didn't graduate from L.A.? No. Um, but nobody famous so far, but the kids are famous. Like, there's a couple uh, Van Halen kids that are from Incline. Okay. I don't know who and Van Halen well, lives in Incline. No, maybe it's not Van Halen, but there's a... I'm pretty sure it's... I want to say it's Van Halen. I'll I have think, to ask yeah. Keisha. I think he has a property. I remember yeah. somebody mentioning that to me that works yeah. for the gas company. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Sammy Hagar I'll have has to his... ask Keisha because she'll know. <laughs> well, I think Sammy it's Hagar a, has his club I think up her there. name is Jamie. And I could That's see the impossibly... But yeah. as far as Alex and Eddie, they... I you can question me if you want to, but I'll, I'll ask my... I'm not questioning you. I'm just telling you what I know. And we're, I came in my sophomore year, but these are all people that grew up here. But yeah, there's famous kids. Okay. But not famous people. Okay. So you, if you were organizing a reunion for Incline and no one wanted to go, you could say, hey, but so-and-so's going and she's Van Halen's mom. I don't really follow the story exactly. No, <laughs> just it's inclined and everybody just goes. That's what it is. Sorry. Okay. Matt, can you answer the question better? Than I hope so. I don't know what to do. It's inclined. It it's, just didn't really answer the question, but. Yeah, we don't really have anybody famous from my graduating class. We had a guy that was like a Bob Sledder in the U.S. That's pretty Olympic good. Olympic team. Um. Uh, one of the guys that I was friends with in high school is like an editor at a huge magazine in LA. That's pretty big. I don't. I went to a smaller school. All I had was a porn star, which I don't think would bring a lot of people to the reunion. <laughs> it might bring some. And honestly, I didn't even know she was a porn star till recently. Apparently, everyone else knew. I don't really keep track of. I don't go to my reunion, so maybe I would have known this had I gone. What's your porn name? Temptress. Temptress. Um. But, okay, so my next question is, since we're talking about reunions, and it would have been, this would have been a good, I think, uh, podcast to have a couple other people, maybe from different age groups that are having different reunions, some of the younger ones and older ones. So I know that we all, or I have different views on reunions than other people. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. Just my view is I don't really see why you would, why I would go to reunion, not why you would go. Um... For me, I went to a small town, so one reason I don't really need to go to reunion. Um, I came back from China to go to my ten-year reunion. I was actually really looking forward to it. One, I was I was coming back. I had something to share. When I got back, though, because I was back for about a month and a half, I saw everyone I wanted to see, and I was like, I don't need to go to the reunion. I've seen everybody, so I didn't go. My twenty-year reunion, which happened recently. 
Um, I with Facebook, you you see everyone all the time. Like any lost connections, anyone you want to keep up with, people come to town. People you see you see them all the time, and um, I'm just wondering. I had my friends. I did have two friends that went to this 20 year reunion. And I wasn't trying to be critical. I asked them, I kind of wanted them to sell me. I wanted them to give me a reason why I should go. So I asked them, like, why are you going? Like, why would you go? You see you see everyone you'd want to see. People you don't see, you see on Facebook. Also, they're in that small town. They see these people. Every time I go home for um, Thanksgiving or Beer Fest or something like that, I see, like, 30 people I know already. I don't need to go to a reunion to see it. So I asked them, and they couldn't give me a reason, like, why they they were both... One of them was especially excited to go, but neither of them could give me a reason why, why, why I should go or why they were going. Then afterwards, I asked how it went, and one of them said it was actually more fun than I thought it would be. And I was like, well, how was it fun? Like, what was good about it? Well, I don't know. It was just fun. So again, I have no clarification, being as I haven't gone to either of my, my reunions, why anyone would go. Now, Heathen feels differently. Maybe she could tell me a little bit why, why someone would want to go to a reunion. Well, Matt, did you go to any of yours? No, um, okay. I mean, I wasn't really, I, I keep track of all the people that I was really good friends with in high school as well, but I mean, there are, there are several people that I would, you know, consider going to a reunion for just to see that I've kind of lost touch with, but I was in a high school where we had 500 in our graduating class, so. Well, I went to, from a school of uh, 3,000 in one class, uh, like freshman class, yeah. to three hundred in a whole school. Um, so the I two went of them are to. I went to my um, ten year reunion with a group of uh, five or six girls. We all got a hotel room up in Tahoe, and um, we had a really good time. Uh, a couple nights, like the night or two before. Um, the actual reunion for me sucked. Um, they didn't have my picture or my name on the tag. They just wrote my name where everybody else had their picture and their name. I thought that was really shitty. I felt um, ostracized a little bit. And um, everybody immediately went into their cliques. And I thought, really, after 10 years, like, come on. Um, so what I said to the group of girls that we were all had the hotel rooms with is I said, I'm done. I'm going to go self party at the Calneva next door. Cause we were at, um, a bar kind of close to the Calneva. Um, and then shortly after pretty much everybody that was kind of the cooler crowd, uh, joined me at the Calneva after the reunion. I really wanted to go to my 20-year reunion, um, but I was unable to because I was working at Microsoft. I really regret that because I I wanted to. I could see some um, uh, eagerness in going to the 10-year reunion because when you're younger, length of time seems like they're more important. So from 18 to 28, a lot of shit happens. And 10 years seems like a really long time. Not that 10 years isn't a long time, but it seems like an eternity. And people really do make a lot of changes at that point because you go from high school to your life. So I could see wanting to go to your 10-year reunion 
one of my friends who's kind of a homer and goes to all of these things, he went to his 10-year reunion, and then he, as much of a homer as he is, the 20-year reunion, he said he, he skipped that too, even though he's really into that kind of thing. He's like, I just see everyone on Facebook. And so I could see maybe the 10-year and then like a really long one, like a 50-year, just to see who's left alive. Other cool thing with the 10-year, so you know, one of the people I was talking to when I was asking about going to reunion, he said there's four re- reasons to go to reunion. Get laid, which I could see in your tenure because girls haven't all gotten fat and disgusting yet. To, uh, God, I can't remember his other three reasons. Oh, one, um, if you've done well, if you've like stayed like in shape and you're like doing well with your job, and especially if maybe if you didn't quite fit in as well as school and you've done something with yourself. That's you the want, reason why I wanted to go into my 20 year. You want to go and you want to show up everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Three, you know, it's kind of the good one just to catch up and bullshit and see people you haven't seen. And again, I can't that remember. That too. Can't All three of those one. things is why I wanted to go to my 20 year. But do you think this is just kind of like an isolated, just kind of like a, you know, there's certain people that are just more, you know, introverted or not so into it or whatever the case may be? Or is this like social media is killing this i think that's part of it and and but even before that like i said my 10 year like heather was saying things weren't really taken off like classmates.com was in effect but one thing that happened and another reason i wouldn't want to go to my reunion is everyone that ended up going to those reunions are people that basically still lived in that town that i see anyway and then all the people that were the successful ones that moved, that had really good jobs, were doing really well with their lives, the people that I see on Facebook that I look up to, none of them came back for either one of them. It's just, they're the kind of people that for the most part left town and never really wanted to come back other than maybe for Christmas once in a while. Just, they high school was nothing for them. They're in their real thing. Like, they have no reason to go back and, oh, how are you doing? Oh, you guys are all lo-. Like, they don't need to feel better about themselves because they're already doing well in high school and after high school they continue to do well and there's there's none of those reasons they don't need to like impress anyone because that's not the kind of thing that's important to them they've got other stuff to worry about that's like the people that i'm most interested in seeing are the people that aren't on facebook yeah um like the girl i lost my virginity to i have no idea what she's up to because she's not on facebook she's like tried to keep off of social media so i can't like facebook stalk her or anything and find out you know how many kids she's got and and that would be one of the other reasons to go to reunion like i remember this would have been before my first reunion it was before facebook um it might have even before myspace i'm not sure but it was, you know, you could look up people's numbers on the internet. And I couldn't find this girl anywhere. I ended up finally finding her dad's phone number and then, like, calling him. And then he didn't just want to give some strange person a number. <laughs> but she, you know, got word that I was looking for. So, you know, I could see going to reunions for that kind of thing. If those are the people that show up, which you don't know that they will. So, people at home, you can always call in. Give us a reason why we should go to a reunion or give me a reason. I want to be sold on it. Um, or if you know Stephanie Evans in L.A. Yeah. I think is the last place I saw her. It's kind of a common name. That's going to be hard. <laughs> That's going to be that. really hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't really have anything else written here. Um, let me look, take a once over at my notes. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? The D-Train or Romeo and Michelle? 
D-Train happened in Pittsburgh. They said that uh, they develop people and then they leave. That kind of reminds me of what I was talking about in my school, as a lot of people don't really come back. I think it's also a sign of what happens in America, in a way. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting in the beginning that the company Jack Black worked for, they didn't have internet. And he said, I don't have money for internet. I mean, he didn't end up buying a bunch of expensive computers. But the I was like, how expensive is internet? To get for your office. Well, I thought they had internet. It just wasn't. It was very... like, well, it was dial up. Yeah. It was dial up. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, that whole kind of thing irritated me as well. <laughs> like him, you know, spending all the money on the business. Which and probably could. The only reason they would have kind of brought that up or talked about that is what he did actually, you know, did the business some good, which it probably did. But they just kind of left it. And one thing I, I didn't really like, and they, we saw the intern too, and, and they, there's kind of a bit of ages in a minute. Just because someone is older doesn't mean they don't know how to use the computer or the internet or know how email works. Like my mom, she isn't as old as as um, Robert De Niro is, is in the intern, but she knows how to write an email. She knows how to use Facebook. She knows how to do stuff. She knows how to turn on a computer. I mean, she's not like she's technologically savvy, but they treat they treat people or older people in, in film or in movies like that they're complete technological retards. Well, I mean, I used to work for Apple teaching. Yeah, that's true. And 40 something people there, there, I can, there I can attest to you that there's a lot of older people out there that don't even know how to use a mouse. There, there is. And you know, when I worked at at t it was the same thing, you know, um, there, there was a lot of older people cause phones were getting smaller and smaller. They're like, I want a bigger phone. And I want something I yeah, can read. I, I have taught like 80-year-olds how to add cookies to their computers over the phone. It's pretty cool. Anyway. I just, Where there's a 40-year-old that's like, I don't know how. And I'm like, look, I just taught an 80-year-old how to do this. Like, come on. I just don't think that they very need to, even though there are a lot of older people that don't know how to use I don't think they need to keep using that as a stereotype. I mean, if this guy was successful in business and he doesn't know, like how to that you can't add someone to an email string seems kind of unlikely to me but not impossible because he was like a mom and pop type of person for example they didn't have dial-up they still had uh, or they had dial-up i mean they didn't have like dsl or whatever i've had some pretty incredible stories of people being told the wrong thing Mm -hmm. about technology and just like really (laughs) do you want to do the ranks sure who's doing the ranks Sure. All right, ranking this week, five obstacles on the way to reunion, and you can rank these, I guess, on what is the bigger obstacle or, or however you want to rank them. So we have lying to your boss about a business deal that might lose your job and end the entire company, getting pumped in the butt, getting in a fight with your best friend, pretending to have sex in the service office, getting caught in a lie by your former classmates about the success of your life. Rank those however you like. Yeah, none of these are good. <laughs> That's why they're obstacles. <laughs> uh, yeah, obstacles that I... Another reason why D-Train was so unbelievable to me was one, the big lie. Uh, so that would probably be number five for me. So the least b- big of an obstacle? Um You'd rather get bug plugged. See, that's 
So there's nothing. See, I would say butt plugged first, and then the. <laughs> well, line. no. Well, we're saying five. Five is the least big obstacle. We're going from like. Oh. I, 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 I'm guessing, we're going from least challenging to most challenging, or something you would least like to experience, or. Yeah, least. I always go least like to experience. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I would probably say the least. I would least. The one I would least um, enjoy, I guess, <laughs> or, or or likely to do would be the yeah, get pumped in the butt. All right, pumped in the butt is number five. <laughs> and then lying. <laughs> uh, Lying's got to be it for sure. Yeah. Losing your job and it, possibly yeah, leaving the company. Well, it's either the because there's two lies on here. Yeah. So I, I would say lying to a boss or business deal might lose your job in the entire company would probably mm-hmm. be four. Okay. Then get caught in a lie by your former classmates. All right. About mm-hmm. the sex of your life, and then yeah, probably pretend to have sex in the service office. That would never happen. And then get in a fight with best friend. I'd go along the same thing, except for mm-hmm. I would switch those last two. I don't mind to have pretend to have sex in the service office. Um, <laughs> I'd rather do that than get in a fight with my best friend. I think that would definitely be the most enjoyable yeah. one for me, and least enjoyable is being plugged in the butt <laughs> and then losing my job. Yeah, I pretty much go with those. I concur with your list. I concur as well. Anything to add about the D train or Romy and Michelle's high school reunion? Or anything about reunions or any of these topics. No. Uh, since we didn't cover um, cutting school, troublemakers, and detention, anything to say about those things? What's the... Uh, I did all of those things. Tell us one one thing about that. About cutting school? <laughs> any, any of those things. Just um, one thing. I cut school for a week and because um, I mastered my stepdad's signature. And mm-hmm. then they called my mom. They're like, is Heather Okay. And my mom, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, Heather's okay. And then she, you know, when she, yeah, she covered for me. And she was like, your ass is mine. (laughs) Um, Just like Jack Black. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Except without the butt plug. How about you, Matt? You weren't too much of a trouble kid other than putting garbage cans in the bag. I was a bad girl. Um, I, they had a, I forget the name of it, but it was something like the Sour Patch program or something like that, <laughs> where it was basically you 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 could only miss a certain amount of time per week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I had a schedule, so I would miss this class this day, miss this class this day. So I had it timed out so I could miss just amount just enough class to not get in trouble or get the get my parents called. No, I was I was really bad. I would ditch first period every day. The only reason why I got caught is because my clutch burnt out, and we had to walk to my mom's work and incline and be like, "Hey, clutch burnt out on the car. Sorry, mom, we're in trouble." <laughs> like my mom was pretty cool in high school. Like she's she was my savior for sure first grade i almost got held back for missing too much too many classes in third grade um, i was almost held back because i couldn't cut uh, with well, right-handed well, scissors uh fourth grade i got kicked out of my class had to change classes i uh 
that uh, Tommy boy where he says, you know, fat guy in a little coat. I basically did that 15 years <laughs> earlier. I took this girl's jacket, who was my, quote, girlfriend at the time. She had like a yellow puffy jacket, and I put it on, and I kind of danced around in it. Not that I was a fat kid, but it was a girl's jacket, and I zipped it up as tight as I could. And it's like, I'm in a jacket. And, uh, yeah, my, oh, and the, the last straw, <laughs> I didn't realize how bad this was until I was a teacher in Singapore, and I ended up flipping out on the student one time. I ended up in the middle of class, like, erupting with, like, a vein pulsating in my forehead and turning red and, like, grabbed the kid by his shirt collar. That's happened to me in, in fourth grade as I was sitting in. I was always in detention. I never could go to afternoon lunch. And in fourth grade in my school, we had to do, like, para, uh, panoramas or, or kind of models of missions. I don't know if all kids had to do that. And uh, while I was sitting in there, I had a cheese puff. And one, one of the missions, I had a little Lego guy, and I put the cheese puff in the Lego guy's hand. It wasn't my mission. It was someone else's, but I didn't hurt it. And that was like the last straw. The teacher came in and just flipped out, turned red. He was yelling so much that he was spitting on me. Um, so I was, I was kicked out of his class. For a Cheeto on Because it was just like the last straw, because all I was ever doing was, was interrupting <laughs> class. Uh, sixth grade, I think I said this on the podcast before. There's a bunch of things I did this one substitute, but among the things is we had brought in stuff for cooking. We were doing a cooking program. While the teacher had his back turned to the class, I would throw powder or flour on his pant leg, and then I was squirting it with water so that the flour would turn like pasty and stick to his pants. And um, a bunch of kids ended up getting in trouble and had to go to yard work. I didn't, even though I was the big ringleader. High school, mostly I just cut a lot of class, but it was just to go have lunch. I never really did anything too bad in high school that I could think of. I did steal five gallons or, or like 20 gallons of barbecue sauce, which I talked about on the podcast before. All right, let's go to last call because Heathen's getting restless. She hates it when I talk and she doesn't get to. Last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Last call. Heathen, did you take any pictures? No. Can you take some pictures before we go? Um, so, the secret word. No one got the secret word yet today. Like I said, it's, it, is some, it is related to Dead Poet Society. It's related a bit to Heathers. Um, it's something that people do that other people don't like. And Croquet? No, they don't play croquet in Dead Poet Society. No. I don't believe. And, and I don't think that's something people do that other people don't like. That's not Kill very, people? No. All right, Matt, anything kiss, you want to say? Kiss, he, kiss somebody else's girlfriend? Mm, no, it's not that. <laughs> I'll get a, I'll get, the, the clue I gave is not very good, so I'll give a different clue next week. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to give us a rank, if you want to give us some rules to our drinking game, if you have movies to suggest, don't forget you can email us at potablepictureshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at potablepictures. Um, you can call us on the Cantina hotline, leave a message, 775-996-3986. Tell us all kinds of things. Like I said, tell us why we should go to reunion. If you want to see pictures that he then is taking currently, go to the website, potablepictureshow.com. Look over here again. Me? I'm looking right at you right now. You quilly billy. Anyway, till next time, everybody. Oh, next week we will be doing the movie uh, The Martian, I believe. We'll at least be talking about that. And also possibly To Hell and Back or something like that. All right. Now everybody keep it wet. First, First I have to introduce, introduce a band. band. So, so please, please don't, don't leave. leave.
until after they finish and we play the record. Right now, it's my great, great pleasure to introduce Sonic Death Monkey. Tongue off. <laughs> <laughs> 